0: Charles can what King Charles, the third, yes, excuse me, can wear an apolitical crown if he does this. What you might not know about Brian stelcher's newest gig, his latest gig, and Vladimir Zelensky wants to tell Trump something about Putin. You're watching the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast, a nighttime news blast today. Joining me as the host of the Mad Ones Podcast, Cam Harles. Cam, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. Actually, it was kind of a frustrating day, but that's fine. Because I have to tell you something, I don't
1: know. Damn it! Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I heard that swear word. <laughs> sorry, I'm <laughs> so sorry. It's no, right, it's. But it, it seemed it, it everything went blank for a second. Um, no, but let me ask you something. Well, I asked you off off air, but I had the strangest day because I went I went outside to check the mail, and at my mm-hmm. mailbox there was a box, and in the box there mm-hmm. was something that I. I, I rather like, but there was no note or anything like that. And so I'm just curious if anyone else, I don't think anyone from that listens to this did it, but did anyone
0: send me a lightsaber? That is an interesting question. I would like to know the answer to that mystery as well. It's uh, quite a unique thing to get sent in the mail. You sure there's no anthrax or nothing bad on it? Well, Somebody I mean, just said, have, hey, I Cam, we'd love hope. to have a, a lightsaber. I can only hope. Hey, uh, motion for
1: when you begin the show to say, "What's up, you beautiful
0: blasters?" I'm not ripping that guy off from YouTube. <laughs> uh, let's. We need to get in the news. This is. Uh, then we'll go. Um, hold on. All right, here we go. So, top story today: God save the king. Coverage of the queen and the king have dominated the news today, and among other things, one of the main topics of conversations about the the king. The new king, the third, is Charles the Third, is whether or not he will be able to what they call wear an apolitical crown, which is basically not meddle in political matters over there and instead be a symbolic figure like his mom was, or they say that his mom was, and just exercise soft power, influence, and they say that as though The world we live in today hasn't been shaped by propaganda, which is what they're talking about when they say symbolic soft power, when they're talking about it in relation to the king and the monarchy. And they also, in that same question, is connected to the question of how much power do they actually have. And we know that propaganda is incredibly powerful. It has been since the beginning of time, especially right now, because we are all connected. But just to give an idea of how powerful they might be, what's been on the news Ever since the queen died, almost around the clock, coverage of the queen, coverage of the king, the monarch, questions about it. What happens every time two of these people get married? America, we obsess over it. It gets covered in the news relentlessly to all ends. they not only have influence and power over their country, they have it over our country. What happens when two of them move here? We fawn over them. They become instant Hollywood celebrities. They speak at all the biggest conferences and speaking gigs that anybody can get. And, and they're just beloved and praised without having to earn any of it. How many people are going to go see the Queen laying in wake? Millions upon millions. I, I don't even rem- remember the exact number, but it was, it was a, l- a large number of people... The whole country is literally taking a week off for this. That is what I call power, okay? I don't care if you say it's soft power or whatever. They do technically have the other type of power, but when they can get people to stop their entire worlds, the whole country's on a dime to pay attention to what they're doing, I'd say the monarchy still has power. Yeah, they might
1: have power, but they're also SOMA. I don't know if you've read Brave New World, but this is is a distraction. This is... Pomp and circumstance that
0: we don't have in
1: America. The closest thing we have to kings and queens well, are Kardashians.
0: Yeah, so well, like, yeah, we have it, Hollywood. Hollywood is our royalty. It's very similar. We have, yeah, you know, we we treat them. That's why they went to Hollywood but and they've lost. Yeah, they've lost. I mean, look at the the
1: Oscars this last year. They had oh, to terrible. drum yeah. up some some, you know, controversy at the Oscars to get people to give a crap about them. Right. Well, so this is this is like the old school. Uh, way to distract people and to keep them happy and doing stupid crap
0: absolutely i agree with that but they also do carry a lot of weight influence because when they have captured the minds of not just their country but multiple countries who are just mesmerized by them i've talked a lot about how they try and the propagandists especially with the the, the shot and everything, is the CDC was like, we need to get into the local communities to rebuild the trust. This is what Davos talked about as well, because they don't trust the politicians and whatnot. So we need to get our messages in the mouths of the their preachers, of their doctors, uh, of their baseball coaches, of everybody around them that they already trust, because the people around them in those communities look up to them, and they are likely to believe what they say and take their advice. When you have a monarch that has such influence that can just halt multiple countries at a time when they do something, they are going to use that power to put messages and propagandistic themes in people's heads. So yes, it's a distraction, but they're also a very, very powerful weapon of worldwide propaganda. In fact, McDonald's is closing on Monday for the Queen mcdonald's is they will then resume work again on tuesday feeding the rest feeding american i guess there's mcdonald's over there poisonous food but they will close for the queen on monday and the real question is it do they have power of course they have power right the the question is how might he use that power they the queen kind of pretended that she was apolitical and wanted to stay out of it which is total bs it's not true at all will he do the same and i have some clips from a speech that the king, the the brand new king, we got a king that he gave at Davos in 2020 that I think can shed some light on how he might rule and whether or not he will meddle in political affairs. And I want to play some of them for you. Make sure I got my my clip list here. And clip 27, it's a lot of clips. (laughs)
1: Let me ask you something while you're getting that ready. Thank you. Um, So, uh, this, this whole thing... When you, I haven't watched the news on it because I don't care about the Queen. I've never cared about the Queen. I'm an American. We yeah. believe we, we we believe that they should be you know non-existent. Um, but uh, one of the things that I have, uh, I I don't know if you've noticed, so I have to ask you. Um, I'm going to show you a quick video. I'll have it muted, um, but I want to know if since you do spend your time watching the news far more than I do um have you is this something that you have seen or is this familiar to you okay
0: you got to put it on the screen
1: yeah Here
0: is it goes. this what is this just, just watch north korea this is Seeing this a is video the, of north korea right now It's somebody's it's somebody died i don't know who there's kim jong-il kim jong-il, kim this is jong-il kim, excuse
1: me kim jong-il's funeral 10 years ago that is kim jong-un you were correct on that
0: oh so it's his dad's funeral Yes, it's his dad's right funeral.
1: But just yeah. take a look at these people, um, which you know you have to. When you think about North Korea, you have to think of them not in terms of the way we think of our people, which are kind of free and oppressed at different times. Right. These people are prisoners. They're political prisoners. Look at them. I mean,
0: so I see so what what we see on screen is we see a bunch of people in dressed up in military gear and, and people, civilians who are just fawning over the, there's a, a funeral procession and I guess a casket's coming through and they're, they're going crazy. Like the Beatles are in town. That That's not really too far from what we're seeing right now over there in the UK. And it's really not too far from what we see people do when we have major celebrities or influential figures die or do whatever. It was bigger here, like back, and Elvis died when, when the celebrity culture, I think it has kind of broken apart a little bit and gone to, to niche type celebrity things. But I don't think that we're far from what I'm seeing in this video right here. And I think right. that these people in North Korea could very well say those poor Americans are so mind controlled, just like we say about them. Well, here's and here's the thing. Uh, these people
1: are mind controlled in a lot of ways. These tears, I don't I don't really question all that much because they have had this their whole lives. They've been taught to be this way. When Kim Jong Il died, he was like a god to them because they were taught he was like a god to them. And so I get that, but they're they're held under the boot. We do this for free. We do it voluntarily, not we, the royal we, so yeah, yeah. we, we uh, are worse off totally. than them in that sense, in the propagandized uh, yeah. sense.
0: Exactly. That's the soft power, the propaganda power, as opposed to the forced power. And yes, it, they do both work. The, those are far more oppressive. It's definitely better to get your your slaves to choose their enslavement, which is what they attempt to do, and because it gives them that mandate to do whatever it is that they want. Here's the first clip. The What's the story behind this clip here? This is where he's talking about how the king is. He was a prince at the time. He's up there talking about what he is there to do. He hadn't been to Davos in 30 years, and he made the trip back in 2020 for a reason.
2: Gentlemen, I am most touched that Professor Klaus Schwab should have invited me to be with you as we mark the 50th anniversary of the World Economic Forum and its mission to improve the state of the world. It is this mission and uh, the urgent need to shape the next 50 years that has inspired me to be with you here today after an absence of 30 years, I hate to tell you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the midst of a crisis that is now, I hope, well understood. Global warming, climate change and the devastating loss of biodiversity are the greatest threats humanity has ever faced and one largely of our own creation. Now, I have dedicated uh, much of my life to the restoration of harmony between humanity, nature, and the environment, and to the encouragement of corporate, social, and environmental responsibility. Quite frankly, it has been a bit of an uphill struggle, but now it is time to take it to the next level. In order to secure our future and to prosper, we need to evolve our economic model. Having been engaged in these issues since, I suppose, 1968, when I made my first speech on the environment, and having talked to countless experts across the globe over those decades, I've come to realize that it is not a lack of capital that is holding us back but rather the way in which we deploy it. Therefore, to move forward, we need nothing short of a paradigm shift, one that inspires action at revolutionary levels and pace. And with this in mind, I am delighted to be launching a sustainable markets initiative with the generous support of the World Economic Forum. For me, Sustainable markets offer a new systems-level framework which grounds markets in a higher-purpose mission. In other words, putting people and planet at the heart of global value creation. Sustainable markets generate long-term value through the balance of natural, social, human, and financial capital.
1: I can't hear you.
0: You're muted. You're muted. Oh, I'm. I can't. Oh, yeah, I was muted the (laughs) whole time. I said all these great, wonderful things just now. This is. I said you can snooze on that, like you did. But (sighs) this is what's going on right now. This is exactly what the Great Reset is. What he just described is the Great Reset. He's talking about the ESG standards and metrics that are the foundation and that are what must be adopted globally by the biggest corporations on the planet in order for the Great Reset to work. And this is the behavioral control mechanism, a system of bribes and punishments where it's like a social credit score for businesses. The more woke initiatives that you implement, the more climate change initiatives you implement, the higher your score and the more funding you get from ESG funding you get you get from BlackRock. And that's what he's talking about here. And I, I didn't know that he was kind of a champion of that particular issue. And I certainly didn't know that he had dedicated much of his life to this climate change cause and that he believes that action at a revolutionary pace needs to happen right now. Now, wouldn't that be helpful to progress that action if you are now the king if you're the king of England? I think that that might I don't see him all of a sudden dropping this agenda that he's been spending much of his life pursuing and I looked it up, he has. He's done speeches about this stuff for years and he, this is just one of them and It is interesting to me that the crown was also at the center of this ESG stuff. I talked about this the other day. The ESG stuff is, there's a battle over that. They're trying to force it into these corporations. There's other, there's states that are trying to present legislation to stop it. But the hopeful thing that I see with the whole ESG storyline is that the companies that implemented it, which prevented people like my friend from getting a job from someone who wanted to hire them for the sake of their ESG score, because she was not vaccinated, they are dropping, quietly dropping, those those requirements, which is going to, you know, dent their ESG score, but that's why they're not being public about, about it. So this ESG requires people to, well, as he said, put people and planet before themselves. This is the same type of themes we see when it's like people need to be in solidarity with Ukraine before they put food on their kids' table. The global community needs to be more important than your very own survival and the survival of your children. That's the type of agenda that he's been pursuing for 30 years or so, according to him. And yes, he is boring, but we need to listen to what he's saying because he is now king and he's going to have a very different direction in the way that he does whatever it is. It's going to be interesting. I'm not quite sure how long he's going to last, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, oh, God, it's just like, could... No offense to anyone who happens to be English that listens to this, but could the English be worse? Like, could 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 they possibly be worse? Because I I can't. I, 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 mm. uh,
0: people talk a lot about. I don't have this clip on me, but the Steele dossier and all that stuff, and the Clinton uh, people and the Democrats the, doing all that that all of that stuff. When it comes to the the Russian interference, all of that hoax that Trump was. You know, bought and paid for by Russia in 2016. It originated, as far as I can tell, and I went far back and I listened to a bunch of panel discussions with the Chatham House in the UK, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, the over 100 years old think tank that has been manipulating America and and of course we try to manipulate other countries as well. It does not either just one side. Every, all these powerful people do this stuff, but they also had a guy named Sir Andrew Wood, who his focus was on specifically getting Putin out of power and targeting Russia. Now, John McCain became aware of the Steele dossier when he went to the Halifax concert in, uh, in Halifax. And they met on like a tarmac, another tarmac meeting. And Sir Andrew Wood, he told John McCain that the, of the existence of the Steele dossier, which was written by Steele, who was Sir Andrew Wood's protege over there. And there's a clip at one of these tank tanks in like 2015 of the Sir Andrew Wood guy being introduced and they say, this is Sir Andrew Wood. They give his background and then it gets quiet for a minute. And he, and, he, and he goes, he says this, he says, I like to break up countries and everybody has a good laugh because he's the guy who likes to break up countries. And a lot of this stuff does originate there. I don't even know that it's aligned with, I know that the people from different countries it's really wealthy elite elitists who are on their little towers in the sky against the rest of the, the regular people on the planet, in my opinion. but I get your sentiment there. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just like the the worst dude. Like I I, I mean I, but I think
1: I don't think it's necessarily even that he's a king or even that he's British. It's that he's freaking Prince Charles. He's always been the worst. I don't know. If, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say something nice about that man my entire life.
0: You know how long he's been, uh, the heir to heir, the heir, the heir to the throne. Yeah. How long S- since he was three? He's been waiting yeah. his whole life, and he finally got it. He's finally Amazing. there. He probably has some conflicting emotions, but there's a question here that I, I wanted to address real quick, or comment anyway. It is from. That's about Jimmy. Sav- is it Jimmy Seville or Savile? Jimmy Savile. I can't remember. I don't know. I've done. I did a lot of research on him. I should know this. But Greg says, "Is that Jimmy Savile, Seville's buddy, or is that uh, the other pervert?" No, that other pervert. No, this is his buddy. Jimmy oh, Savile. Yes, he. Andrew was also Prince Andrew. Also, Jimmy Savile was knighted twice by the by the monarchy. They knighted. He was. Uh, he, they said that he whispered in the ear of the former prince here. He he was like a mentor to to the king. Jimmy Savile was. There's articles. You look it up. Jimmy Savile and Prince Charles. And you'll find all these articles about the relationship and the friendship that the two had. And the question is, did he know? Did he know about the rape done? Did he know? <laughs> all you got to do is look at any, look at watch one show that Jimmy Savile did. He, he hosted these shows where he always had these like 10 to 15 year old girls who were trying to win competitions with him. And all he's doing is groping them. He, he's just blatantly groping them openly on television and people would come and report that they were molested, raped, whatever by him all of the time. I mean, on a regular basis. And they were told by the police and by others that they can't do anything about it because he's Jimmy Savile. He carries that power. He has been knighted twice. He is friends with the monarchy. So yes, that is Jimmy Savile's buddy, the new king, friend of Savile. (sighs) It's terrible. It really is terrible when you when you step back and think about it. The fact that there's a person who is is known as now the king of England and he was buddies, some even called him a protege to Jimmy Savile. Hmm, quite the world we live in here. Okay. Beautiful world, wonderful <laughs> yes. world. So the next one here, this is just a little bit set up just to emphasize really where his mind is and then you can determine whether you think he's going to be willing to set aside his life's work now that he's king and wear a, quote, apolitical crown. Because that's what it would take. He would have to completely transform who he is and live life in the opposite as he's ever lived it.
2: Here we go. With our SDG and Paris commitments in mind, and the good news is that they are well within our reach if, ladies and gentlemen, we all pull together in a coordinated global initiative.
0: The SDGs are the Sustainable Development Goals, the 2030 agenda. He wants a global initiative to pull them all together.
2: To tackle the greatest global threat, I would like uh, to outline...
0: I thought the greatest global threat were people who had questions about the 2020 election. That's just me, though. I, I didn't realize.
2: Ten practical actions that will drive forward the sustainable markets approach.
0: Yes. So yeah, he had 10 practical actions and he goes, so I'm not going to go through all of those. I'm, there's a couple of them I'm going to play, but he, this guy's thought about this. He's given the speech. This is his issue. It has been his entire life. And wow. Yeah, Sir Tim of Tunnels says that Savile told a story on British TV about sneaking some teenager into Buckingham Palace in the trunk of a car. I believe it. I, I totally believe it. He the guy got away with everything and that he used to go to he used to go to morgues. Jimmy Savile did. That's true. He his foundations, Jimmy Savile's nonprofit foundations, would donate Lots of money to hospitals, to children's hospitals, because that would enable them to get close to the hospitals and his organization, because everything has a halo. It's a halo effect when you have a nonprofit organization doing good things for people, gets them close to the children's hospital, and then he would allegedly rape people dead people sometimes in the morgue and children and nurses and when they threatened to go to the police he said i'm going to take all of the money away from this hospital that's saving all these people and then they would they they, a lot of them would stay quiet we didn't hear about this until years and years later he was a a bad person and and what's extraordinary is they held like a four day parade for that jimmy savile guy because he was so close to the throne friends with him and so beloved and they shut down the country just like they're doing now only to shortly thereafter have the rape dungeon that the police uncovered in the basement of his house discovered. So that, that's the type of person he was. I don't know if we're going to find any rape dungeons uh, in relation to the queen because I don't think the police are going to get access to it. But
1: Oh, absolutely not. Who knows? Scotland Yard is off the list for that.
0: Right, yeah. There's a whole, all kind of crazy stories about stuff that goes on there, isn't there? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I will say I, I found this picture. Um, so uh, when you when this guy's become king, like I, I don't like him. I think he's a dork, but like he has some style, and there's some really kind of cool stuff that he's he's shared so far. Talking this, about the king, yeah, no, there's this really cool picture that he put up that's just very classy. Um, I can't wait and, to see it. <laughs> and I'm just, uh, I I just wanted to show you, um, this this one this picture because it's like, man, this this guy, this guy is a king you know like he is so kingly in this uh, photo so,
0: so do you want to describe the photo for us you want me to describe yeah it? oh
1: yeah it's this it's obviously an older man who looks like he could have played gandalf if he wasn't such a sissy um sitting at a sitting at a desk with a picture of his
0: mother and a, a blank what is that calendar it looks like a calendar with no lines on it yeah and it, it looks flowers. like what is going to one day become a calendar after it gets printed yeah, 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 and and his he has his pet behind him, which is very sweet. The pet happened. I did you add that the animated dog that is sitting behind him? Did did I add Gromit to this Wallace and Gromit picture? That. No, I, I did not. Did <laughs> this is a uh, this is one of this is such yes, an obvious. This might as well be like a a stock foot image, stock image that just state This is <laughs> it, nobody walked in and he happened to be sitting at his desk just next to a picture of his mother. This is he, he doesn't even want to be there. Who? Who puts the picture of their mother facing away from them? Right. Yeah, that's a great point. The picture of the queen is facing the camera and not facing him because that's that's how everybody does it when they have pictures of loved ones on 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 their on their work desk. Yeah. All oh, right. So I, a, a couple more here. This is where he he clearly, I and I, I thought this was going to happen once I heard that first clip, but he definitely, pretty much, he talks about that he is the ESG guy. So he is King ESG, in my opinion, and. The timing of it probably couldn't be better because the ESG stuff, as I said, is getting pushed back and the initiatives are being dropped. And that is what Klaus and the World Economic Forum has been boasting about, is all the companies that had adopted the ESG method that they promoted for the Great Reset, but now they're dropping it and maybe they need the king to give them a little push. Here is his little ESG comment.
2: Eighth, adopting common metrics and standards. An increasing number of corporations are adopting ESG methodologies and highlighting their SDG aligned investments. However, it is time to move to unified metrics and global standards.
0: Global standards.
2: People want to trust that the goods and services they buy are socially, environmentally, and ethically produced through new technologies. We have the ability to tag, track, and trace supply chains in unprecedented ways. So it is time to make this level of supply chain transparency the norm.
0: So the tag, track, uh, supply chains. I played a clip on a show about this a, a couple of months ago. They talked about this at the Davos this year. The CEO of Bank of America did. And they actually do this within their supply chain thing. So this is how they... The ESG works just in short is a reason a company is willing to go broke, get woke, go broke is because they're going to get more than compensated by these ESG investors like BlackRock. And it's a way to force behavioral control on the company within the company and then onto the broader society around them. And employees of Bank of America, they they have, I I believe it was the Bank of America guy, they themselves have ESG scores on what they are individually doing. So they're already doing the individual social credit score within some of these businesses. And, And they just, they can't apply it, force it through a government because it would be unconstitutional. So they do it in these other ways and they shame people. And when, Companies don't align with the ESG. They shame them. They send social media digital mobs at them to to call them racist and do all kinds of things and, and to, to denounce them or whatever. Fortunately, there, there's there's another, there's a pushback. There's a whole other side of this is pushing back against it. But he he, he, he is trying to like force the values of him and, and Klaus onto the planet with these initiatives that, that he's pushing right here. What did he say there at the end there? What was this? Something it slipped my mind. It's not that important. It, all we need to know is he's King ESG. So we're interested to see what direction this takes, and if he uses that political power to push that. I imagine that he probably will. I don't know if it, makes make it me work. Wonder
1: how big of a of a a dork that's the word I'll use this time. His son is. Has his son said anything about any of this I, stuff? I don't know or? that I've
0: heard his son talk before. I probably have. That's what I'm saying. He just.
1: Yeah. I don't know how big of a. Freaking nerdy is. I'm. I'm. I'm not using the language that I want to.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about his son. There's two sons, anyway. But yeah, one of them's a
1: cuck. We know that.
0: They. They've been. They've been just praised their whole lives. I mean, they've been pampered right. their whole. They got sent to the military. Yeah, I'm sure they were in harm's way. Does anybody believe right. they were in harm's way? I. I certainly do not. And ra- rounding this out here. What, I'm not even going to play the rest of the clips because I want to get on to the next story. But he goes on in other clips. Maybe I'll play these in uh, XR. Uh, it's a talk about his vast plans and what he wants to do in the future moving forward. He makes it clear that he's committed his life to this and the time is now to make revolutionary action and he set up stuff to make that happen. Major, as he mentioned earlier, and he's going to be going to various initiatives in the coming years. So he's going to have to either abandon all of that and be quote apolitical with the crown, or he's just going to continue doing it. And obviously, he's going to continue doing it because obviously, he knew his mom was in her nineties and that she could die. So he's given this speech. His mom's ninety four at the time. He's not abandoning this stuff. The questions about whether or not he's apolitical are ridiculous. And for him to actually be a- apolitical, he'd have to become another person. That that is what he'd have to do. I don't think he wants to do that. I think I don't think he likes other people personally. That's just well, I
1: yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't get great vibes off the dude. No, nah, he mean, seems he's, horrible. He seems horrible, but he also seems like, and this is what they do. It's what they always do. They is so boring. Like they they want people to stop listening, so that they can do what they right. want. Right?
0: So because they tell each other this stuff. It's like the books they write to each other too. Yeah, they they think only they're going to read, and they try to bore us to death with it. And and it's really when we listen to some of the stuff they do. I think more people have gotten on to to doing this, but. It's eye opening some of the stuff they're willing to say publicly. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, next story, I'm sure you heard about this. <laughs> and I know and most people probably heard about this. Sir Tim of Tunnel says Harry is not Charles' son. I've heard that theory. I don't know who, whose son is he? Do you, do you know, Cam, who the theory is?
1: Whichever son? redhead was uh, Boink and Diana.
0: It is, he does look, yeah, it is a little bit off there. So, was there a lot of redheads? Having the. Let me, let me check real quick. Um, I'm not sure if there's multiple or just one redhead. I have no idea. Okay. Oh, Princess yeah. Diana. That's another story right there. So, For the next the, story, while you look that up, it's uh, this guy. I think James Hewitt, perhaps. James Hewitt. That's not the guy that she died with, is it? it Was not that guy?
1: Okay. Well, no, he's like. Mm. Okay, here, I'll show you this picture. Hey. This will make it make more sense. Um, share. Gotta love yeah. talking through sharing a screen.
0: So their relationship apparently was he didn't want to marry her ever. I don't. It was like, I mean, basically arranged, I guess. Which you know, it makes you. I think that the mega Marco relationship was also arranged. Now this guy was that was the father, is what many people think. Huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, the red yep. hair is there for sure. I, how is? Well, I don't his, know, dude. His so we're, we see an image of, of the guy who people think is his father, and then an image. of... The nose
1: is is Charles's.
0: The the prince, teeth. and then we see, and then we see. Um, is he still prince, or is he no longer that title? I don't know. And then we see the king, the now king. Now the king and his alleged son, they do have the same head positioning, so maybe that, maybe that is something. But seriously, I, though, I
1: was Wallace oops, from Wallace and Gromit designed after Prince Charles?
0: i I don't know what that is because every oh so you don't even so the dog (laughs) so that that was a that was an actor is what you showed me okay no i thought you were showing me a real picture so that's a real picture let me
1: so do you know so that so
0: people don't to be clear people don't think that's his i had no idea who that person is you're talking
1: people people do think that 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 could possibly be harry's dad okay but what i'm asking you is do you not know who wallace and gromit are no oh my gosh here one second let me I got to show you a picture of cuz Gromit was the dog that I put into that picture um because I think that Prince Charles looks like Wallace from Wallace and Gromit so uh, it's not going to be the best picture but
0: is that a zoom television a show bit. okay you'll see oh I have seen that yeah I've seen that before he does look like him that's Prince Charles he, he looks yeah it's an image of like a stop animation or, or muppet muppet type yeah claymation claymation whatever it looks like it does look like it does look kind of like charles he does look like that is he based on charles that's a legitimate question okay know. i've gotta i've gotta find out i've gotta we'll to to reach out, out. We'll to, yeah try and find out so on to the next story brian stelter got a new gig everybody why well obviously he's gonna get a new guy i said that he's gonna get a new gig very sure i knew he would and i'm actually really mad at myself that i didn't anticipate where he'd get a new gig what's happening do what he go to Fox? No, no, he didn't go to Fox. He he went he went to the place that had I like sat back and really thought about it. I would have known that he was going to go to because it's actually a perfect fit for him. It, it makes perfect sense. So I followed Stelter's work since I discovered it in 2015. I was making videos mocking Stelter. That was one of my first fake interviews I did was with Stelter before Alex Jones or Mark Dice or anybody ever mentioned Stelter. I just had a really small channel, so it, it didn't get much attention, but I, I recognized right away what he was. He was not a journalist. He, he was a propagandist masquerading as a journalist who was pushing a very specific agenda. And The reason I was able to quickly recognize that, as most people are when they watch his show, is because at the time I had done a lot of research and I'd written some articles on the jeffrey epstein situation I, I had spoken to the lawyer some of the victims because i had sought out to find out my my starting position was that both trump and the clintons are probably all giant pedophiles involved in this pedophile ring now, that was my starting assumption and once i came out of that the evidence seemed to indicate that the clinton's probably still but trump that wow he was on that plane and did fly there that he didn't that he wasn't that he actually helped the investigation that he that he left and he stayed away I don't know I just know what the lawyer told me I know what the court documents say and if you read through all that and you talk to some of the lawyers, Trump actually comes out as some someone who helped the Epstein investigation back in back in the day like 2005 when he was originally investigated. And so what I saw Stelter doing was just blatantly covering up for the Epstein story and anybody associated with it. And he was lying to people. And so that's why I continued to follow him because I thought the talking points might come out of, come from him. And at the same time, I had started following what's called the Shorenstein Center. I think it's I think that I think that's how you pronounce it, the Shorenstein Center. Yes. And that's where he just got hired. Now, what the Shorenstein Center is, is they are a media politics and public policy part of Harvard University. And what I learned from them is that they, they actually foreshadow a lot of the talking points, especially around the media misinformation, and disinformation. So I would follow them to try and discover what was going to happen two weeks from now. And oftentimes you could, you could discover that on their site. And so let me find another a couple other things about it. I'm going to read from the little press release here because this is actually a pretty interesting move because Stelter's not out of the game here. Stelter's actually probably in a m- more powerful position than he was before because he's following like a, long, a line of people who've gotten the same type of position he has that were already very powerful, prominent government officials. This is from their website. It says... Hold on a second here. All right. It says... Uh, the, the Shorenstein Center on Media, Politics, and Public Policy at Harvard Kennedy School is pleased to announce that Brian Stelter will join the center as the Fall 22 Walter Shorenstein Media and Democracy Fellow. And then, it, and then it, here's what it says about what is what that is, or the or what the Shorenstein Center is. I researched research this. It brings high-profile figures at the forefront of media, politics, and public policy to Harvard to work with students, faculty, scholars, and the public on important issues of the moment. The fellowship spends various periods of time at Harvard and focus on important policy issues, and there is no application to get into this fellowship program. You have to be selected. Some other people who were selected to this program are names such as Donna Brazil, you might recall, the former Democratic National Committee member, Andrew Rosenthal, who was the former edit- editor, the former editor of the New York Times, among other things. Where's the other guy that was like, oh, Richard Stingle, Steingle or Stingle? Now this guy, he was given this same position as Stelter back in 2017, and he he was. For, this is from their website. Where is it? He was—he's a, a former secretary for public diplomacy and public affairs at the U.S. State Department, and former Time Magazine editor. And he was the—and he was given that fellowship as well. And his focus was going to be on the relationship between media. So they roll in these already prominent figures who've worked in government, who've been a, a, a puppet of the state, and they then give them positions where they're going to be influencing young people. And the, before I go on to that, I'm going to continue reading from this, the announcement here about what it says about Stelter. Hold on one second. Where is We're on Brazil. All right. Here's what Stelter is going to be doing. It brings a high profile figures together. Stelter will convene a series of discussions about threats to democracy and the range of potential responses from the news media. This guy has been lying to people, blatantly lying to people for years. People say, he's bad, he's stupid. He's not stupid. Stelter is not stupid. Stelter was not hired to be a journalist. He was hired to be a propagandist. And at that, he, ex- he succeeded. He left not because he was getting pushed out or did a bad job. He left because he was overexposed. And the story became about Stelter too much. So... He was simply given another assignment, is what, what happened. One where he's going to be a little more under the radar, a little outside of pu- public scrutiny, and in a position where he can influence future journalists whose minds are ready to be molded. And that's what he's been given. It's the same thing they're doing with Fauci. Fauci's leaving the public, the public spotlight, and he's going to be going to probably the CDC, John Hopkins, and he's going to be working closely with young scientists. Molding the future of science in his name, in, in his image. Same thing Stelter is going to be doing when it comes to media and entertainment. And it tells a little bit about his background. He was a fellow at the George, George, Georgetown University Institute for Politics and Public Service. And uh, he was named Forbes magazine's 30 under 30 in the media for three consecutive years And Fortune's 40 under 40 in media and entertainment. So he's got quite a resume there. You can really build that resume up when you are a shameless propagandist who does not care about the impact of what it is that you're saying. And he does it well because he does it with that very punchable face and he does it (laughs) with that very high-pitched tone and he looks like a potato, so he looks like a harmless person who's just trying to tell us stuff. And that those are the best people to seed insidious messages in the unconscious minds of a little too willing audiences. And he did a good job of that. He didn't. He got. He got a promotion, is what he did. Well, you and, know what I. Yeah, you know yeah. what I
1: think. I, just, I was just going to say about Stelter in general is the fact is I think that man was chosen partially. Because anyone who disagrees with him, who is on the right or whatever, knows they can beat him up, so he's not a threat.
0: That's possible. That is a possibility because you want to have some. That's why Chris Cuomo, I think, wasn't a, as effective of a propagandist because he's a meathead. Chris Cuomo could probably whip some people. Okay, the guy, the guy, he might be a a A, but the dude is pretty ripped, and Stelter is not. And the the more Kind of weakling, cucky, harmless they are. Look the at more Oliver Darcy. They can be. Look at Oliver Ol- Darcy. Oliver Darcy is his protege, and that's little what proof. that's what I've been telling people. Yeah. So, and he's still there. He's still he's running the media department over there at CNN. So they had the same themes and messages, just being delivered in a little bit of a different, more subtle indirect way than they did before. And just a little bit more about the Shorenstein Center, because the Shorenstein Center was kind of at the center, connected to something that I think everybody's going to remember. I'll get to in a second. Some members of the Shorenstein 9-11? Center. Yeah, Shorenstein Center brought down the towers on 9-11. They flew <laughs> the plane. The advisory board at the Shorenstein Center includes the CEO of EIP Pharma, the president of, and CEO of the Henry J. Kaiser Family Foundation, the... Why the former executive editor of the Washington Post, a director of BBC News, every propaganda outlet that you can think of is on the advisory board of this Shorenstein. So some of those powerful people in media that have the ability to, it's called the, I think it's the agenda, the media agenda setting effect to set the parameters with which the reality that we perceive comes to us. And they're all there. So Stelter, I think, is probably where he's always wanted to be. Craig Newmark is is there. He is the founder of Craigslist. I mean, they're they're all, it's just, I I got blown away when I first started researching this stuff here back around 2015, after the whole, no, 2016 and 2015, but 2016 was when the whole fake news term became really popular. Remember all that?
1: Yeah. I'm so Um, glad that it was turned around on
0: them. Right. And I'm going to read something to you from Cheryl Atkinson, a book called Slanted, that is what this made me think of. So, well, first of all, the Shorenstein Center in 2017, they 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 partnered with what's called First Draft News. And First Draft News houses themselves at the Shorenstein Center, and they work together on all of their projects. And First Draft News is one of the most under-the-radar, insidious organizations that you're ever going to discover. Have you ever heard of them?
1: No. oh uh, no, no.
0: All right. Cheryl Atkinson puts this well. She did great research on this. I did some research on it, too, and this all checks out. It says, Trump's uh, uh, the smear. Okay, the modern use of the phrase fake news was not Trump's invention. The effort to define and crack down on fake news was launched during the 2016 campaign by the nonprofit website First Draft which was funded by Google, which is owned by Alphabet, a top supporter of Hillary Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, which was led at the time by top Hillary donor Eric Schmidt. Under their definition, fake news was always conservative in nature. Shortly after first draft began pushing the fake news narrative, President Obama drove it home in an October 13, 2016 speech at the Carnegie Mellon University. As Obama further claimed that somebody needed to step in and curate information online for the public's good. This was the beginning of of an effort to convince us to accept third parties, whether governments, corporations, academics, or social media companies, deciding what information we should have and telling us what we should believe. It did not take long for Trump to prove he is better at the game. He co-opted and redefined fake news, turning it against its creators, who now disavow it. And I did a Google trend search on that term, and you can search with parameters and I don't you know, trust Google trends all the way but I think that some of the stuff it, they do give information that's going to be tainted but what I found was that the term fake news was just nothing no searches ever not at all until a little bit around this time she's talking about a giant spike and I researched it and there was a coordinated effort by First Draft News to put that out there and that term was first that I could find plugged in to an article on one of their websites, on in 2015, I think a week before Trump came down the escalator, which kind of made me say, "Wait a minute, that all seems like all of these people are working together on it." Then, with the timing, there it was, it was, it was a little wild what the timing was. But this organization, so I started following First Draft News, and they they would write stuff about the education process. All of the stuff that they wrote about led to, and that they partnered with, led to the Google News Initiative, the Facebook News Initiative, all of these efforts to control and rein in what information we see and who we trust and who is allowed to be on social media. It all started with these groups of people who are, as she said, funded by Google. And that is where Brian Stelter is working, at the same place where this organization is housed. He got a promotion. He's still a potato, but he got a promotion. He's a potato, and he
1: did get a promotion because now he doesn't have to deal with all the hate that he's been getting. Cause I don't, I mean, I I think that he had enough training to kind of deal with most of it, but like dude's so freaking goofy looking. I can't imagine he's happy. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm trying to think of one person that's kind of propaganda heavy in one way or another, who I feel like I couldn't beat up and I can't think of, I I can't think of one.
0: Right. That's, that's definitely a strategy. Definitely a strategy. I mean, they all have their different roles they play, and they try and target different audiences. But, yeah, so like Stelter... It, John what, Oliver? John I, Oliver. Ooh, lay, lay there. hurt was very on funny, him. very clever. And, and his... So he definitely does a little propaganda operation there, but his, his aren't all the time terrible. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I can see where you're going there, but I always double-check and research the stuff he says, because he's very tricky in the information that he delivers. So what we're going to talk about in the XR... Is let me find that little note. There is we're going to talk about the curious ethical uh, the admit the omission. What's it called when the uh, when you get the vaccine from your doctor and they don't let you? You don't have to go get the vaccine if you get a note from your doctor. My my brain is fried today. Oh oh uh, uh, exemption. Yes yeah the very curious exemption that the new White House press secretary got in the ethics the ethics exemption, which is on the White House's website, which I had never seen before. Maybe some of you guys had, but I was kind of blown away by by this. You might not know, but there is a whole page in the White House page of ethical exemptions that people who work with them get. And you can go look and see why they get these ethical exemptions. It's, It's extraordinary. There's also the White House logs of who comes and goes in the White House. And you can go read that as well. I'd never looked at any of that. Before, Until recently, the logs are a bit tough to get through. But we're going to talk about that in the XR as well as some other stories like eight devastating presidential insults that Politico is putting out there because they're talking about it in the realm of Trump and Biden right now. And maybe we'll talk about Who Madonna Dates? Because that was the story in the news today that was a a bit weird, but interesting as well. So we're going to continue that conversation, maybe play a few more clips in the XR. If you want to get access to that, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there, or prop and subscribe there today. What you will get along with the XR content, the the subscriber only content, is you will get this show ad free. I go in and I take out all of the ads for our subscribers. So with that said, let me see if I have anything we can go with that's not that's not steltery, that's maybe a little more lighthearted to go out with. I might not. I, I don't know. The news it's just been a little wild today. I, I can't stop. I can't stop putting the queen on there. Did you, did you see, by the way, that her casket was draped in a Ukrainian flag? Oh, that's Even seems, in death, she was standing in solidarity.
1: That seems like uber disrespectful. I'm kidding. I, I was lying about that. Oh, no. I, I mean, like, but I, I don't- See, I believed it.
0: Right. That's that how crazy it like is, is. is like it really wouldn't surprise me if they had a Ukraine flag I have a coffee. story for you,
1: for the <laughs> all right. for all of you, that is it that is uh lighthearted, um, but kind of interesting too. Um, I, I I don't have it up because it's on my phone and my phone is my camera right now, so I yeah. can't get to it. Um gotcha. but uh Chick uh not Chick uh Florida man needs to move over because there's a new superhero in town. His name is Chick fil A man. Uh, there was a an altercation outside of a Chick fil A, and yeah. if you want to look it up to tell me where it is while I'm saying this, you can. Um, but a the one of the Chick fil A workers who was working outside saw a woman with a baby being carjacked, and so this Chick fil A worker l- wrestled this guy to the ground, got him away from her, and s- literally saved the day. There's video of it online.
0: I mean, Fascinating.
1: Fascinating, and, and the the best part of it was when when she said thank you, he said, "My pleasure." <laughs> all true, all true, uh, but I don't know about that last part. That's very just a joke. good,
0: Chick Fil A employee. Chick Fil A is yeah. a great place to work. It, it really here. Let me
1: let me so, look so it up. So Starbucks, honestly, because uh, it's a real. I got story, it. I'm gonna put I'm gonna
0: put on the screen here, <laughs> and make sure I can uh, share the audio. And Chick Fil A, here we go. Here is the video. It's one of those kind of TikTok-style videos of the Chick-fil-A rescue. Two men wrestling on the ground as a woman screaming. Chick-fil-A man puts him in the headlock, takes him to the ground. Nice wrestling move. He's got him in the chokehold. And here comes another Chick-fil-A. Two more Chick-fil-A. Three more Chick-fil-A employees run out. A fourth Chick-fil-A comes out, and he has him pinned to the ground. He has one, two, three. The referee has called the match. The Chick-fil-A employee has dominated the potential baby carjacker. Good for him amazing you know what i bet that everybody in that drive-through line still got their food without having to wait even a second longer than they would i
1: i i think that's probably true but not to mention chick-fil-a if you're listening to this it's time to invest in private security
0: oh wait shut up baby screaming at him this is really kind of crazy. What we have here, if you've ever been to Chick-fil-A, if you haven't, they have usually, at least down here they do, they just kind of revamp their whole drive through to help the line. So what it used to be is, you used to go to Chick-fil-A if you went around noon or 5pm uh, heavy traffic time, there would be a line around the building on Chick-fil-A and the cars would be out in traffic, blocking traffic because they're waiting in the drive It They didn't just go park and try and go in which was often usually always faster, they would wait, risk their own lives in this heavily trafficked road, just hanging out in the middle of it, to get some Chick-fil-A nuggets or whatever else. And they changed up their drive through thing. They made it two lanes, like made it wider. I'd never seen seen it like done like this before, but it definitely helped things. And so what they do is they have like an army of Chick-fil-A soldiers who work there all wearing these kind of yellow vests and they're standing outside and they just go ahead and start your order-taking process like almost as soon as you pull in to the Chick-fil-A. You roll down, your hey, can I take your order? And say, okay, well, so-and-so up here is going to do this. And you give your card to somebody else who's outside while you're still waiting. And then as soon as you get to the drive-thru line, you just pick up your stuff and it's ready to go. So they've spaced it out and they've shortened the wait times even though they still have massive lines. And what we see in this video is three people, three employees that all have those reflector vests on because they're standing outside taking people's orders. These are probably people between the ages of like 16 and 17 and 25. These are kids who are out here holding a potential carjacker, somebody who tried to carjack a woman with a baby. They're holding him while the police come. It's it's extraordinary.
1: Well, let me, let me say, I've never had to... Correct myself. This quickly before I said, "Move over, Florida man." This happened in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. He is they Florida man. man.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah, good for them. Yeah, Chick Fil A. If you have kids, great place to work. Yep. And even at Starbucks, I will say, did you this, work at Ch- Chick Fil A? No, I, I never worked for at Chick Fil A, but I knew a bunch of people in college that did. A bunch of my friends did, okay. and it's benefited them ever since then. I mean, they, they will, take care of their employees for the rest of their lives, basically.
1: Well, I did work for Chick Fil A. They don't take care of me. Oh, they don't.
0: They didn't take care Um, of you. My friends did. They still got all kind of like great benefits from it. They did not. Uh, But why I am mistaken uh, then? Here's here's the deal though. Um, They didn't like any
1: facial hair whatsoever. Oh right, yeah. There was a a rule at Chick Fil A that if you were a general manager, you could have a mustache, otherwise clean shaven. That's weird.
0: Why? Isn't he it dominate with this mustache? I has? have, okay. I have
1: no idea, but David had a mustache, man. Oh, um, and, and,
0: uh, you probably I, twirled I, it while everybody else was clean shaven, rub it in.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I hated it cause I've never been someone who wanted a clean face. Like it's just not me. Um, at one time, I, I think I was like 16 or 17, but I got to work and I hadn't shaved that day. and It was when my beard was first starting to show up. Yeah. So there's a very fine peach fuzz.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. He told you to leave. No,
1: Marcus, son of a gun, told me to go to the dollar store, get a razor, a dollar store sh- razor, and shave my face in the bathroom. Oh my gosh! And they didn't have any um
0: Was he like, you can't use shaving cream? though. it has to be what blade only. Well,
1: he, I said they they didn't have any shaving cream, and he says, then do it dry. <laughs> So I will just say, uh, not all Chick Fil A's are great, but they are a. Uh, aside from Marcus and the 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 no tattoos, well, I think they changed the tattoo rule, because otherwise who would they hire? Um, but you know, uh, besides that and the beard beard rule, it was good. I, I I made friends. I learned that yeah. my uh the, there were a couple, there was a Mormon uh brother and sister that worked there, and that's how I learned that Mormons aren't supposed to drink caffeine because, uh, one of them would, uh, the boy would drink mellow yellow and his sister would get
0: mad at him. That's, that's why there's a lot of drink caffeine.
1: No, no, no. That's not why. That's just part of their one of their rules is that oh, they okay. can't drink caffeine, and yeah. that's how I learned.
0: Uh, really? So I hadn't heard those rules. My friends didn't didn't tell me that. Maybe they were. Maybe that was propagandized by Chick Fil A shells. I, I have no idea. Jack <laughs> Burton, Jack Burton in the chat says, "I love the mustache being a symbol of Chick Fil A power." Cornelius Wolfshirt says, "Well, I'm not crazy about beard hairs in my burger, so I would say that I wouldn't be crazy about blood in my burger from a raw shave." If the employee was forced to shave, all I'm saying is my beard hair doesn't f- just fall out. <laughs> Let's hope it does not. Because, well, I mean, look at this thing. Look at this thing. It's pretty good. It's pretty thick beard. And Starbucks is the, I would say, left wing or progressive version of Chick Fil A. I worked just, there too. Did you really? So yeah, what? They suck. What Starbucks do? I'm sure Starbucks is very. It's changed a lot over the past few years. But I, I know someone who works there now, and while it's extremely progressive it's on the opposite end ide- ideologically as chick-fil-a it does treat their employees well it gives their employees from what i understand and I, i'd look this up as well it gives them basically everything the progressive agenda promises free they education did. free health care they uh, didn't it, it, when
1: i was there right that was after this, my time in the,
0: yeah in the, in the past 10 years or so, they have they have changed this because of that CEO. I can't remember his name, but I did some research on him, too. He was going to run for president. Yes, Schultz. Schultz is an interesting guy. Schultz is a good businessman. I would tell people, I didn't have any money at the time, but Schultz was the CEO. that he'd step down, then Starbucks would start faltering, and then their, their stock would crash, and then he would take over the CEO position again. I would tell people, every time that happens, I would buy the F out of Starbucks stock because that guy cleans it up, and he jacks up that stock price every time he does that. And and they give them everything that they want yet right now these chi- these starbucks employees have been conned by these labor unions into unionizing against the employees who already give them everything the progressive agenda promises yeah. and now they're losing their jobs because of it so that's probably so
1: i've result. worked i've worked at chick-fil-a which is kind of the right side or i like you know politically right side yeah, not yeah. and then i've worked at starbucks and apple which is left side and um, I will say that the thing that I that bothered me probably the most about Starbucks was how communist they were with <laughs> yeah. tips, because if oh, you really? yeah, tips? because he, all of them were pooled. If you if someone gave you and someone did give me one time a hundred dollar tip, terrible, if you did not pocket it so fast that no one else saw it, you would have to share it with everyone.
0: So you were slipping the little money from the tip jar Absolutely. and over there I, yeah. I can't. Pool tips are. I heard somebody say to me one time, and this was progressive, I won't work anywhere that doesn't have pool tips. And it was just like that's because you don't want to do anything.
1: That's <laughs> it, <laughs> very I, clear.
0: Like pool. T- I, I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah, I'm not. Pool a tips fan of are anybody. stupid. And, and, and look, and I admit, I'm not going to get the amount of tips that a attractive young, young woman lass might get. Yes. At a restaurant, so to speak. But that's okay. Uh, you know, if I want to change my body and do that, then, then I can do that. But I'm not a fan of pull tipsy. Let's get out of here. We're going to go to the XR, and we're going to start by talking about that weird ethical thing on the White House page. Thank you guys for listening. Again, patreon.com slash Report. I have a website that is just about ready that I'm going to be giving you guys guys the website. So we'll have a little bit more of a easier way to get a lot of the information and stuff that we're, we're going to be linking and sharing. So... Thank you all for listening. You can find the Propaganda Report podcast on any podcasting app that you listen to. And we will talk to you guys next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day, your evening.